Uh, hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Partial Recall, or the first episode that anyone should actually listen to. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the hosts, and I'm here with my friend Yishai, the other host. Hey, Daniel. How are you doing on this fine day? Honestly, I'm a little tired. Are you? Yeah, a little bit. All right. Uh, I took a nap before this record. Huh. Yeah. Took a siesta. Actually, let's start over. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of Partial Recall, or the first episode that anyone should actually listen to. Uh, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the hosts. I'm here with my friend Yishai, uh, the other of the hosts. Uh, Yishai, tell our smart listeners listening on their first episode what this podcast is about. Uh, this podcast is about movies we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember. And so in the first half of the episode, we talk about the movies and try to recreate them from our memories. Uh, and then we break, we go watch the movie in real life. And then we come back and record a second half of the episode afterwards where we discuss what we got right, what we got wrong, uh, and if it held up. Daniel, what are we uh, talking about this week? So one of the things we've introduced in this podcast is that we connect the episodes. In our last episode, we talked about speed. Uh, In this episode, we will be following Sandra Bullock and talking about Demolition Man, uh, her previous role. Her first big role. Yeah, this is her first, this is actually her first big movie, though Speed was kind of her breakout. She is, she is in this movie. It's her first major production. Can I be honest? I kind of remember parts of this movie. I have no idea, like, where Sandra Bullock fits into this movie. I don't remember her being in this movie. What you're saying is you partially recall this movie. I partially recall this movie, but I completely do not recall Sandra Bullock being in this movie. Right. One of the parts you... One of the partials that you don't recall is Sandra Bullock. Yes, correct. Uh, perfect. Um, okay, so Demolition Man comes out in 1993, stars Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and also a young Sandra Bullock. And then looking at this list, Benjamin Bratt is also in this movie. Dennis Leary is in this movie. Who is the for Benjamin Pratt? Benjamin Bratt. Bratt. That's his name. I thought you said Blatt. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the, the, the Jewish actor. <laughs> The one, yeah, Benjamin. Uh, oh boy, Benjamin Pratt. That's his name. Okay, uh, it's directed by Marco Brambilla. Who? Let's see. I don't know that name. I don't know. More that of name. a real name than Annabelle Jenkel. Not as real as Jan de Bont. Not as real as Jan de Bont on the realness scale. Uh, Demolition Man. His first is his debut feature. Interesting. I mean, he came out. Hit it out of the park with this great movie, I imagine, and then sort of just walked off into the sunset. Was he like a music video director? And they're like, let's give this guy a movie. Isn't that a thing that happens? Uh, he has a bunch of shorts on his career, including the Kanye West featuring the Kanye West video for Power. Oh, he was so, a music video director. Yeah, it must be music videos. So this movie came out in October 8th. Uh, 1993. Okay. I feel like this is the first uh, movie in a while that hasn't been a holiday weekend release. Oh, interesting. This 
has a, it has a budget listed on Wikipedia between forty five and seventy seven million, which is actually a pretty huge range. Yeah, um, and it made one hundred and fifty nine million dollars at the box office, which makes it sound like at least a marginal hit, if not a real hit. Right. The main reason I nominated this movie is I want to rewatch it. Okay. Uh, that's going to be my thread generally. Is like these are movies I want to watch again, uh, and also like. I know that we connected to speed because of Sandra Bullock, but it also kind of connects to super Mario brothers. Cause we talked a lot in the Mario brothers episode about how it seems inspired by the look of demolition, Man, which is obviously impossible because they came out in the same year. Right. But like they do look similar in my head. Right. So well, that was like zeitgeisty about these two movies at the very least, which is interesting. Yeah. That was the vibe. Like a lot, a lot of dark lighting and smoke, right? Like, like cryogenic smoke not like right like it just like has that kind of like everything was like frozen and smoky um yeah i i i do remember this is like this is like the the uh purest version of a partial recall because there's like i remember pieces of it i think like pretty distinctly but then a lot of it not at all um yeah because i also think this is a weird ideas movie which is why it's kind of fun yeah and it's definitely not a movie that I've saw in theaters. It's definitely a movie that like saw on VHS. I definitely saw this movie on pay-per-view on a day that I was sick. That's fun. Because uh, I was all like, allowed occasionally to rent movies via pay-per-view in addition to renting them via Blockbuster. Uh, which I, there was something special about the pay-per-view rental. Well, there was a big premium on them, right? I mean, it was like 20 bucks as opposed to like it wasn't this, think this, it was that much. I think that the reason that we never did pay-per-view uh, besides – actually, I guess I'm thinking about hotels because we never had cable, and that's where you would get pay-per-view, right? Um, and hotels are definitely a premium. You never had cable. I never had cable. I got cable we, as a family. I think we got cable when I was in like 11th grade. So is this like – you know how like some kids that are raised like in these really restrictive religious households, like when they get to college, they go completely insane and they're just like drinking and partying like nuts. So like you were like a lot of time cable, so you got to college, you just watched every, every movie, movie in existence constantly. <laughs> Basically. But also um, because I didn't have cable uh, and there was a, a public library around the corner from my house, I rented every VHS from the public library. I watched – so many movies that I could not tell you the names of, couldn't tell you the plots of. I just watched like five movies a week. Um, cleared out the whole movie section there. Um, yeah, no, I watched I watched just regular regular TV. You know, Dawson's Creek, that kind of thing. Nineties. <laughs> okay, so uh, before we bore ourselves out of this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, what do you remember about this movie? Okay, so here's what I, I, I know about the movie. Um, it stars Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes is some kind of terrorist. I believe he like, bl- like blows a lot of people up. And then... For some- like, a, like a demolition man, if you will. <laughs> I swear it was not even doing a bit. I didn't realize that's why it was called Demolition Man. Um, uh, fun story. I don't actually know why it's called Demolition Man. Okay, maybe that's that. Maybe that is why. Okay, so he and then for some reason, instead of like putting him in jail or uh, putting him to death, they they freeze him. Um, 
And then I, Sylvester Stallone was like the cop who arrested him. Um, and for some reason they freeze him too. I think, I think he's like, uh, accused of a crime, uh, that he didn't commit. And then he gets frozen as well. This is like the, 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 like the penalty for doing bad crimes, I guess is getting frozen. Um, and then somehow, uh, Wesley Snipes gets unfrozen, um, and in order to stop him, they also unfreeze Sylvester Stallone to chase him around. I think that's like the broad strokes. I also am really mad at myself because I remembered uh, Wesley Snipes' name and I, w- I was saving it for this podcast, and I completely forget what he what his name is. Uh, so I'm going to think of it while you while you fill in the blanks. Don't say his name. Okay, I will not say Wesley Snipes' character's name. Uh, the, okay, so the way what I remember is Sylvester. I actually remember Sylvester Stallone's name. I believe is John Spartan. John Spartan. I think so. Okay. Uh, we'll see in a minute when we watch the trailer or look at the poster or whatever. Yeah. Right. And I think what happened, okay. So first, I remember this movie opens with it's 1993, right? It opens with like a picture of Los Angeles on fire and you've come to the theater and you're like, well, I know this is a movie about the future. And then it's like 1996 and it's kind of a hilarious joke. Like right. the Los Angeles is a hellhole, sort of a classic Los Angeles sucks joke. So I remember that. And then um, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, Wesley Snipes is like a sort of like a crazy person, terrorist. And I think Sylvester Stallone is kind of a renegade-ish cop, kind of reckless I actually think he's the one who's called Demolition Man. Okay. Um, and then I think what happens is in trying to catch Wesley Snipes, he does a bunch of like damage or whatever to in catching him. He demolishes people die. Things. Good point. He's a demolition man. Yeah. I am the foot of the joke. <laughs> the butt of the joke. Anyway, he he does a lot of damage and then he gets he also gets arrested for the same thing. Right. And I think Wesley Snipes maybe even like like tips off that like he was in on it or something. Like and so they both get arrested at the same time, I think. Okay. Right. And so like then in the future, they are maybe their their sentence is up or whatever, something like that. Um, and they call Sylvester Stallone and you're right, I believe to catch Wesley Snipes. But what's interesting about the future, there's a few distinct things I remember about the, this future. One is I believe they go to Taco Bell, but all of the food is in pill form. So it's like, it's like all chain restaurants, but like they also don't eat. You just like ingest these pills. So, I so you're saying that. everyone in the future is taco pilled. <laughs> yep. Um, yep (laughs) i'm still laughing (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah um so yeah so they (laughs) (laughs) taco pilled okay so okay so i remember that I remember there's this okay so Sandra Bullock is a cop and she's working with Sylvester Stallone and he like wants to do like all of his renegade stuff and she's like very by the book nerdy okay. but it's also a very by the book nerdy no vices culture 
Right. So like all your food's in pill form. Every time you swear, there's like a little, there's like an automated ticket system, like a, like police tickets. Like yeah. if you swear, you get fined. And so then these like tickets will print out of the wall and you'd have to take them and you have to pay your fine to like the justice department or whatever. All right. Uh, and there's a sequence where Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock are going to have sex, but to have sex, they put on virtual reality goggles and don't touch each other. And she's like, people in your era, like made physical contact and exchanged bodily fluids. Like that's so gross. That's not how we do sex anymore. And he's like, well, that's how I do sex. And then I think that they do sex. Listener. I think they do some sex. <laughs> uh, I do kind like of remember that now. Yeah. Physical, physical, real sex. And then the other thing that I remember is, and it's sort of the classic demolition man bit at one point in the movie, Sylvester Stallone goes to poop and he's in there and there's these like three seashells. There's no toilet paper and he can't figure out how to use the shells to wipe. Okay. Cause like, there's just like these shells. And so he just curses a bunch and gets like the print on the ticket <laughs> oh, and uses the ticket. That's good. To wipe. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that happens in the movie because if it, if it doesn't happen in this movie, I'm going to sound demented. <laughs> well, that would be a great bit. You should have been a punch-up writer on Demolition Man uh, if they didn't do that. But yeah, like then the, someone laughs about him like not knowing how to use the shells or whatever later in the movie. There is also a chase sequence with their sort of future Super Mario Brothers-esque cars. Super Mario Brothers, the movie, not Super Mario Brothers, any of the games. Even though as we've discussed, they're extremely similar. Yeah. Um, if anything, too similar. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there's a sequence where they're like chasing Wesley Snipes in his car, and then the car crashes and it like fills with this goo because they've like replaced airbags with this like pinkish goo that holds your body in place when you crash so that you don't have any impact. Like insulation. Yeah. So I remember that. And then, okay. So then the other thing I remember is that Wesley Snipes is a terrorist in this, but he is like fighting on a side that is like for like freedom to pursue any like normal sort of vices. And they're like, this culture is like too authoritarian. They're too locked down. They're, they're repressing all of these people. And Wesley Snipes is actually more of like a freedom fighter in the past or in the future, in the future. So basically, he was a bad guy, but now he's like kind of the good guy. But I think he's still also a bad guy. Like, I think he is a bad guy who likes being able to do bad things. Right. But now the way that he's being used, he's doing bad things, but for a potentially a good cause. This, I think, is in the movie. Uh, not 100% sure. I remember him being like very unhinged, right? Like a lot of like cackling and like a lot of like not like he. Wait a second. Wesley Snipes? <laughs> like, I remember his character being turned up to, like, one fit. Like, I, I remember him just being, like, very over-the-top, um, kind of like a Joker-type character. Over-the-top? That's another movie we could talk about. Famous Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. I didn't even know that was a movie. Not that famous, I guess. Uh Yes, he is over the top. I think he has kind of a Dennis Rodman vibe with like the multicolor hair. Damn it. I was going to say uh, he has a Dennis Rodman vibe. <laughs> That's exactly how I was going to describe him. Because I thought he had like green hair, right? Well, should we look at the poster speaking of his green hair? Or do Hold you want to try to remember his name? I think I remember his name, which I'm now thinking is wrong. Was his name Caster Troy? His name is... 
Simon Phoenix. Okay. Not what is Caster Troy? Troy. He's from Face Off. He's another movie we should. Okay. I mean, I, I wasn't that far off. Like, no, you're you're in the right zone. I'm in the right zone. I just remember it being like a weird, a weird, not normal name. But yeah, so I think the point is like Sylvester Stallone wakes up in this future and he's like, I'm a cop. And they're like, we're also cops. Good. We should work together to catch this Wesley Snipes guy. And then it turns out that like in 2030, whatever year they're up or 2130 or whatever year it is, um, it's like the cops are like super fascist. And right. the society is that. It's so weird because I just can't imagine fascism in America. Yeah. That's why it's so dystopian. Like they yeah. just, Ugh. you know. Yeah, maybe that's why this movie didn't only made one hundred fifty million dollars. It was just it was too far fetched. Yeah, it's just impossible to imagine. Okay, let's look at the poster. Yeah. Um, okay, so in the poster we see Sylvester Stallone looking at Wesley Snipes, and Snipes has he has like really very whitish blonde hair cut into interesting shapes and sylvester stallone's name is the 21st century's most dangerous cop and over snipes it says the 21st century's most ruthless criminal dangerous cops are interesting dangerous cops again a concept no no one could really wrap their head around um do you think that so in the poster they're like maybe they're like chest to chest and maybe like a foot away from each other do you think that they actually took that picture. You think they took it separately? And, and oh, they took it separately. Satoru, they are right? not. They're if they if they took that together, the next frame of the photo is them kissing. <laughs> maybe, there, maybe it was like one of those really fast uh, exposure cameras that takes like a million pictures when you hold on the button, and so they're like, just kiss, and we'll get the right, we'll get the right, we'll get the right picture it's eventually. Smolder, smolder. Yeah. Uh, yes, and then underneath Demolition Man, it says, the future isn't big enough for the both of them. Uh, and you know that this movie takes place in the future because it's all future font. You know? Yes. So, uh, the A doesn't have a crossbar. The E is just three lines. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. There's future a lot font. of, like, text floating around in the background. Like, when, you know, like in, in shows when people, like, do math in their head and all those, like, math yes. equations float by. That's kind of the backdrop which, of this poster. Which one of them do you think is doing math? <laughs> which one is Rain Man? <laughs> or Drain Man. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's the poster. Does that bring anything back? I mean, I like that they're both wearing body armor. Yeah. No, it doesn't bring anything. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Sylvester Stallone in this picture and I'm like, is this a, a prequel to Judge Dredd? Because that's kind of what it looks like to me. I, I hear that. Um, so maybe we should go right ahead and read the VHS box. Yeah. Look at the VHS box. I sent you the image. Let's zoom in. It's in oh, Italian. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> why right. is it in Italian? Can you read the Italian version, please? <laughs> I'm going to search for it and not get canceled. Um, Demolition Man VHS box. If not, then I'll I'll have to bust out my Italian. Here's one. French. eBay. I got it. You got it? Can you send it? Yeah. Hold on a second. Il Sargente Spartan. Non si limita a combattere il crimine si si tuffa dentro come un lupo affermato. So what do you think that means? I don't know. At the end of it, I think he orders a coffee, but I'm not... <laughs> Cappuccino. 
boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> he gets like unfrozen after 30 years and he's like, Cappuccino, please. Oh, man, that's that's some real Chris Pratt Mario stuff. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the back of the box. Uh, the front of the box is just the poster again. Yeah. The back of the box says, um, the most entertaining futuristic action film since the original Terminator. This is Ralph Novak. So he liked it more than Terminator 2. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Sergeant John Spartan doesn't fight crime. He rips into it like a junkyard dog. He's the demolition man, and he's the future's only hope. Okay, so you were right. He is the demolition man. And also, I was wrong. He doesn't get coffee. Or maybe he does. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just like maybe that's like how the English box for for speed was different. Um, the, the UK box for speed was different than the US box. Like maybe they want to appeal to the Italian audience. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes go at it amid a dazzling cyber future of 2032, designed by Blade Runner's David L. Snyder. In this funny action blast, arch criminal Simon Phoenix Snipes has fled a 35 year cryo prison deep freeze to find a serene, nonviolent Southern California ready for the taking. Unable to deal with his psychopathic 1990s style, authorities seek an old fashioned cop to fight old fashioned crime. They revive Spartan, currently in cryo prison from his last encounter with Phoenix. Sandra Bullock, Speed, A Time to Kill, and Benjamin Bratt, TV's on order, are also uphold the law in this. That's uh, that's weird. Feels like it's missing at least a period. At the <laughs> Not end even of a period. Sentence. I thought it was supposed to lead into in this a terrific mix of action and humor, but that is not grammatically correct. Um, cool box. Uh, why would you put someone in cryo prison? Correct. What they just get to experience more of the. I mean, maybe they were like, look, we know that thirty-five years from now, there's going to be Twitter. So, like, just go to Twitter prison, okay? Like, we have – it's 1990. There's no Twitter. We're going to put you in cryo prison until there is a Twitter, and then you'll have to deal with it. Yeah, you'll have to reply. You'll have to reply to every uh, shit post. But why – it's just logically. Like, do you think the movie explains why it's a punishment to be frozen where you don't age? So, like, what's the end game? Like, are they going to eventually – like free you and then you're going to come out you're not you're not getting reformed right because you're being frozen frozen yeah uh you're not aging so it's almost like a gift you get to come out in the future uh at the same age very strange well maybe the movie explains it i also want to point out that david l snyder was also the production designer on super mario brothers right so that's that's why these movies look the same That does go a long way into, into why these movies probably look the same. Uh, what, one thing that I did remember from the box is that at first in the movie, it seems like they've woken up in like a perfect future. Like Stallone thinks he's in like a paradise. <laughs> right. Like, wow, you figured it out. It's perfect here. Right. And then he discovers this seedy underbelly, which is actually not seedy. It's like normal. It's like good people that are being repressed by this society that's not allowed to do anything. Right. Um, so it's like social commentary. Yeah, I definitely. So I, I, that's the other reason I wanted to do this movie is that I think um, we, in the beginning we were, we were looking at threads like, Oh, well we appreciate this movie differently than when we saw it as kids. I do actually think that this is one that 
watching it now, I might see some of the social commentary that I probably didn't really notice. Right. Watching the movie in 1993 on pay-per-view. Right. So the box has a terrific mix of action and humor and, you know, all the bits you were saying, I think makes sense. Now I'm like kind of remembering that tone of it. I thought it was like a darker movie. Um, but I think it, it is kind of, uh, jocular and humorous. Um, the, the box does also not seem in on the, um, social commentary elements like Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt also uphold the law in this really makes it sound like they are purely the good guys. Right. Well, it makes it sound like it's an incomplete sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe I made up the social commentary element of this. Like maybe that's not in there, but I think it is. Yeah, it could be. Does uh, Wesley Snipes' character, does he like blow up a park? Is that, is that what he does? I remember there being in the like future or in the past. At some point in the movie, I remember there being like a park with a lot of people and an explosion. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, you could be right. So when this movie was filmed, <clears throat> Sylvester Stallone was forty-seven. Was forty-seven years old? Really? Um, and Sandra Bullock was uh, eighteen years younger than that. So twenty-seven. 28? Okay. Like that? You're saying he's a creep. It, it's fine. It's a, it's an interesting romantic pairing. I mean, if you think about it, he's pro- like actually 77 because he was frozen for 30 years. <laughs> That's true. So but even as worse. As we previously discussed, it's you don't actually age. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this I think this will be fun. Should we watch the trailer? Yeah. century ravaged by violence a society of perfect order will arise criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons the prisoners are ice cubes their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep criminal the likes of which you have never seen in a bad time he was the worst I'm gonna love running this place. We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition man. Not the best trailer. No, it does explain why they were cryogenically frozen. Yes, although because they're going to be they're going to be reprogrammed, but it doesn't make any sense that Wesley Snipes would be cryogenically frozen for eternity. Yes, just kill the man. Yes, like you're not even. Uh, was the point like they weren't even trying to reprogram him because he was just going to be frozen forever? So, like that's why he's still evil, or you think the programming just didn't take? So I wonder if maybe they're like, we got to freeze him because he's so evil. We need to study his evilness. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Rob Schneider's in this movie. That's fun. Yeah. I don't see him on IMDb. I guess he was really young then. Um, He's not in the top cast. uh, There is a ton of smoke. I was right about that. (laughs) A lot of of billowing smoke in the background of dark scenes. Weirdly, Rob Schneider in the trailer 
in in on IMDb, he is listed as Rob Schneider. He plays a character named Irwin, and he is uncredited. Huh. You think popped? It... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this was not only Sandra Bullock's breakout role. Well, so in the trailer, Sandra Bullock looks like she's struggling a little bit with the words that she has to say. Yeah. Well, she you mean the demolition man. <laughs> yeah. I Her comic timing is pretty good in speed. Um, it's funny. I wonder how it is in this. Maybe the trailer just doesn't do her justice. Um, but also, like, maybe, you know, first roles are, are tough sometimes. Maybe there is a reason that speed is her breakout. Right. <laughs> right. I, you know, we don't need to, to cover it. For her, she's done all right. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes is over the top. Uh, you could tell from, from the trailer. Nothing else really came back to me. Again, I think the, the idea of, like, a comedic tone coming out, you know, the Rob Schneider line oh, of like... The, the other thing that, that came out to me in the trailer is like, I am definitely right about the social commentary element. Like, the cops in this movie are dressed like Nazis. Yeah. Like, they look like Nazis. Nazis. And that, like, especially the main cop, like, he looks like an Indiana Jones villain. He's got like, he, he's a, the bald guy with like the giant wireframe glasses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... There, there, there's definitely that element in this movie. Right. And I would, I'm not worried about that anymore. I would guess neither of us really picked up on that when we were eight years old. Although I was nine if it came out in October. So maybe I did because I was more mature than you at that point. More mature. Yeah. I too had wire-framed glasses and a Nazi uniform. <laughs> 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 there's a real young Prince Harry. That sentence was like going okay <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, so um, what do you think you're going to give this movie? Um, six point five. Can we do halves? Have we done halves before? I've never used a half. You could do halves. My dad was here a few weeks ago, and he was like rating a bottle of wine, and he was like, "What do you rate this out of out of five? Do you rate it like a maybe like a four point four seven? And I'm like, <laughs> you're that's out of a thousand. You're rating it out of <laughs> like that's not out of five. Right. I'm too stupid for halves. I'm almost too stupid to use a ten point scale. Uh, so I would say I'm going to give this movie a nine. Wow, because I'm excited to watch it. I like dumb sci-fi. Yeah. I especially like dumb 90s sci-fi. Like, and I think that this is just going to hit that, like, scratch that itch. Is it going to be... A nine might be too high. Because, like, what would be a nine? Like, Starship Trooper is probably a nine. Speed. A speed's definitely a nine. That's right. A, but that's, like, not sort of the sci-fi world-building nine. Like, that's just, like, what if we made the best movie we could possibly make <laughs> about a bomb on a bus? Right. And this is, like, what if we made the best movie we could possibly make about... Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone fighting each other in the future, and they're both insane. But one of them is insane as a cop, and one of them is insane as a not cop. As an insane person. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too, like, I, I feel like a, a six and a half was a snobby thing, because I, I do feel like it's going to be fun. I just I just have a feeling it's not a great movie. Um, I feel like you have snobby instincts. You're like, I kind of want to be a snob about this. You know, the wireframe glasses, the Nazi uniform. <laughs> 
Um, like they're just nicely designed <laughs> uniforms. I like a good tailored fit. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I I do think it'll be fun. I just I I have a feeling it will just I, I will I will see that it's not a God. Even saying this sounds snobby. I just think it's not going to be well executed, and so I think it's going to be like a, a bit scoff worthy at times. That's, you don't think Marco Brambilla is going to execute really well on this movie? I I genuinely think I'm going to like this movie a lot. I, you said that about Mario. <laughs> but I, I said it about Speed and I was finally right. Uh, I think now that I've I've gotten a nine and I can stop predicting I'm going to give every movie a nine. <laughs> uh, I, I think realistically I'm going to give this movie an eight. Okay. Uh, there is a world in which it, it, it surprises me. And is better. And now that world involves it being very funny. Yeah. Like if, if I find this movie very funny, I will probably come back around to giving it a nine. Right. And if I find this movie not funny at all, it probably won't be an eight. So like eight is actually the least likely score, kind of just averaging it out. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think six and a half is reasonable. Meaning like I think six and a half means I'll still enjoy it. I just don't think it's like in the pantheon of other you know, the other movies we've discussed that it turned out to be good. Yeah. Um, There's only one movie we've discussed that turned out to be good. Well, okay. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was good. Eh, it was fine. I mean, if Honey, six and a half. if Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a six and a half, this is definitely going to be a six and a half at most. Um, at most. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to make, okay, this is my new rating scale. Better or worse than Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? <laughs> I think better. You think better than High Shrunk the Kids. I think this is like in the – this will be like a Jumanji for me, which I think I enjoyed but had issues with. Yeah, what did we give that in the end of seven? We should – we you know, we should put it up Honestly, on our website. the scale doesn't mean anything. No. <laughs> just what a, are numbers? Just a clever device to get our listeners excited. Uh, who are you going to watch with? Um, I'll see if my wife wants to watch it. It might be something that she uh, – saw when she was younger and will enjoy revisiting like speed um not showing this to my kids uh what about you i am gonna show this movie to my wife she show this movie to my wife like she's a child (laughs) take two (laughs) clean edit (laughs) sorry i ruined your clean edit i just think it's so funny the idea that you like put her on the couch you're like, okay, here's a movie I think you're really going to like. Do it a movie night. So I'm pretty sure she's seen the movie but doesn't remember it at all. She was interested in watching this one when I when I mentioned it. Uh, so maybe I think she'll watch with me. Daughter's too young. But I think we fundamentally disagree on this because I think that I would show my daughter this. I would show my daughter this movie. I would show my daughter Speed when she was like my kid's age, eight or nine years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I so, but the thing is, like, I think I missed the window of like introducing that stuff to my kids, and now they're they're yeah. We've already desensitized her to violence. Right. You're like, I'm showing her Demolition Man this weekend. I'll tell you what, I won't do. I'm not going to take her to see Ghost and then leave in the middle <laughs> to go see. Pretty I still Woman. don't know how Ghost ends. Do they finish making that pot? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> They don't because the Ghostbusters show up. And my mom took me out of the theater right at that moment. I would have loved that. All right. Well, let's go watch Demolition Man. Yeah. 
I think it'll be fun and fine. You don't sound you don't sound enthusiastic about watching it. It seems dumb and fun. I just I think it's gonna be like not great. That's really where I'm landing on it. I feel like we're 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 once bitten twice shy is the expression. Like we watched the Mario Brothers trailer and we were like, that movie looks insane. It's gonna be so good. Yeah. And then it was so boring. And now we like watch this trailer and it's like the trailer's also pretty insane. Right. And the way I described the movie from what I remember is pretty insane. And we're probably like, yeah, but, but yeah, I, the saying is not once bitten twice shy. It's once you've been kissed by a lizard, you don't go back. <laughs> the actual expression is that little girls never forget their first kiss <laughs> by a lizard. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. All right, let's go uh, watch Demolition Man. <laughs> And we will uh, see you on the other side. Uh, so, at the end of last episode, you um, you gave me a little guff when I when I gave it a six point five. You, you didn't think that would be a uh, a plausible score for the movie. Um, you mean in the end of the first half? At the end of the first half of, of Demolition Man. This episode. I'd like to point out uh, that it has a 6.7 rating on IMDb and a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. A 6.5 was essentially the exact right score, at least according to those metrics. Sure. Spoiler alert. I will not give it a 6.5. I am giving it lower than a 6.5. Wow, this is the first time we disagree. <laughs> oh boy, you liked it. Uh, I did. I liked it a lot. Oh no, I did not. Um, that's funny. Uh, I'm really curious why. Okay, before we get into ratings, should we quickly recount the plot of this movie? Yeah, and unlike other quick recounts of plot that ended up taking 10 minutes, this should take us two minutes because there's barely a plot to this movie. Well, we basically got it right, right? Which is Sylvester Stallone is a is a super cop in 1996. He arrests Wesley Snipes. In the process, he kills. Well, they think he killed a bunch of people. Wesley Snipes leads them to believe that he knew about it and didn't care. They arrest both of them. Arresting them means that they both get cryo frozen. They go to cryo prison. Uh, Wesley Snipes is woken up for a parole hearing, which he believes he's going to fail. Magically, he knows the codes. He shouldn't be woken up for a parole hearing. He has a lifetime. His sentence is for eternity, and he's not being reported. Well, so they actually, as I, I actually don't think they say that in the movie. Right. I think they only say that in the trailer. Right. Oh, did you see? So, sorry, this is a very small digression. But uh, just last night, I was reading that. Yes, he could be sued for false advertising. Yeah. Yeah, well, this movie lied to us because he was not sentenced to eternity in cryo prison like we thought. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he was not sentenced to eternity in cryo prison. He did go up for a parole hearing. In his parole hearing, he knew like the voice password to get out of the handcuffs. The voice password was Teddy Bear, which is hilarious. Because it's a very gentle uh, time. Then he does a bunch of murder death kills. Yeah. Great phrase for murder. Um, and... All of the cops of this era, which is super peaceful, we were right about that, don't know how to deal with crime. And so they wake up John Spartan, a.k.a. the Demolition Man, who was the first, who caught Wesley Snipes the first time to catch him again. 
But there's something fishy going on because Wesley Snipes, his rehab was not trying to give him nice, soft skills like Sylvester Stallone was given the skill that matched his personality of being a seamstress, which is amazing. Uh, And Wesley Snipes was instead given training in like hacking and terrorism and all of this stuff. And it turns out that he has actually been woken up Manchurian candidate style. He has been programmed to kill um, the leader of a resistance group that like is resisting the perfect order of the current society led by Dennis Leary, whose character's name is Edgar Friendly, which is on the nose. (laughs) And um, he has, does a bunch of hijinks. Sylvester Stallone tries to catch him. All the cops are like aghast at Sylvester Stallone's methods. There's a bunch of violence. Then Wesley Snipes goes down into the underground where Edgar Friendly and his people live and never really tries to kill him. He one time tries to kill him and Sylvester Stallone, but doesn't really try very hard. Um, And then Sylvester Stallone and Edgar Friendly team up to kill Wesley Snipes, which they do via beheading, two beheadings in a row uh, for a partial recall. And a frosty beheading in this movie. I'm sure we'll go into the details of that maybe a little bit. Uh, And it turns out that the person who wanted, did I say that the person who wanted Wesley Snipes to kill Edgar Friendly was like the mayor of this town? No, but you said Manchurian Candidate style. So it was like, yeah, yeah. it was the mayor of this town who was like trying to be like, our perfect order can be only more perfect if we get rid of this Edgar Friendly guy. And so he does that. Uh, Wesley Snipes has one of Wesley Snipes' friends ends up killing the mayor. It's Jesse Ventura. Uh, Jesse Ventura. There's a great bit in this movie where they go to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Presidential Library. Uh, This is before Arnold Schwarzenegger even had mentioned running for governor. Ten years to the day. Or ten years minus one day uh, before he he was elected. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Um... Yeah, so we were pretty spot on. The main thing I think that we got wrong is that we thought that the police were fascist. And it's more like the the society was fascist and the police were kind of dumb going along with it. Like they didn't know. Like they were more right. naive than fascist, which is, right. is kind of interesting. You were um, very spot on about a lot of things. Like you got the opening exactly right. You got the Taco Bell thing right. You got the cursing for the toilet paper right. The Taco Bell thing is correct in that the restaurant they go to is Taco Bell, but the food was not pills. They were, no, they weren't pills. So no one in this movie was Taco Pills. <laughs> right. But weren't, um, when they caught the people uh, in, like stealing food the first time, wasn't it like a giant bottle of, of pills? It looked like a bottle of pills. But the food that Taco was Bell, served so... in Taco Bell wasn't. Mm, yeah. You know, you really maybe. clearly remembered a lot about this movie. But then, for some reason, you enjoyed it when you watched it again. (laughs) Because it was good. Okay, I think we need to go into scores. What score are you giving this movie? What score would I give it? A four? Uh, Crazy. I give it an eight. I'm I'm spot on. I'm giving it an eight. Oh, my God. I did not think it was good. Okay, I thought the acting was bad. I thought the... I think the acting is great. I thought the writing was bad. I thought the action was terrible. I, I will... The reason I'm giving the movie an eight... And maybe this will be the things we agree on is like, I don't think the action was that good because I think the action was very that like late 80s, early 90s mold of like, here is a strong man, here is another strong man, and they're going to go at each other. And that's the action as opposed to like, let's choreograph interesting action. And it wasn't filmed. Like, not it didn't look. And it wasn't filmed super well. Yeah. I agree with you on that. 
I think that some of the action was still relatively exciting. Like, I think the final fight sequence with Wesley Snipes was cool, and I think it was cool that he froze Wesley Snipes' body and then kicked his head off. And then let go before cool. that thing froze so he wouldn't freeze. Right, but he didn't say, I'm taller. Yeah. So that's a minus, minus. On, the, yeah. on the thing. In terms of the acting, I actually disagree. Like, I will go to the map for the acting in this movie because I think Wesley Snipes is incredible. In Wesley Snipes is good. I don't think Sylvester Stallone. I think Stallone, Stallone is very funny in this movie. Uh, and I don't think he's normally very funny. I think he's very funny in this. And I think Sandra Bullock, who I said in the trailer, I thought she was really struggling. I think it's super intentional that all of the future people are incredibly stilted and weird. I agree. Which is like a weird argument to make, but they're acting stilted and weird. I, they're, they're supposed to be that way. I agree. I was going back and forth on Sandra Bullock, but I do think that she wasn't great at the end of the day like i think she was trying to do that i don't think she was all successful and she was nominated for a golden raspberry uh a razzie uh for her yeah, but a lot of a lot of movies i like are nominated for Raz- razzies <laughs> uh, <Fuck the> razzies. <laughs> uh yeah i mean i just i thought like meaning the way that you described the plot was better represented than the way the movie did like it was very flimsy I, it didn't actually explain much at all like you did a better job of it in the first half i wish that the mystery of who woke up wesley snipes was less obvious it's super obvious from the start i wish that the way in which wesley snipes turns the tables on the bad guy who's like the city counselor was less obvious like Wesley Snipes asked that guy to thaw out six of his friends. And he's like, uh, are they also murderers? And Wesley Snipes says, no, they're good. And then he thaws them out. And then one of them murders him immediately. Like, obviously. Like that, whereas it's very similar to RoboCop, where there's the secret directive, Directive 4, where RoboCop isn't allowed to uh, kill the, maybe we can do a partial recall on RoboCop. He's not allowed to do, you know, kill the, the leader of this, whatever the company is. Um, but, like, they have to get around it in a clever way. In here, it's just like, uh, my friend will shoot you. And that's not yeah. so interesting. And it's super obvious. Yeah, I think it was very obvious. I think there was very little, like, div- meaning, like the, like, the social commentary aspect of it. Like, I don't think it was, like, explored super deeply. And I think the biggest thing, and I was very tired. I was nodding off during the movie, so this might have something to do with it. When there were like 30 minutes left, I'm like, oh my God, I really need this movie to end. Because like, I knew it, like there wasn't any surprise coming, right? It was just like, it was like, John Sargent was going to beat Simon Phoenix. And like, yep, yeah. I, I think for me, what I liked about it was how amazingly fun Wesley Snipes is in this movie. He was it's, good. And he, it's a phenomenal villain. I like how he screams Simon Says before he does. All the time. <laughs> My favorite line, and by a favorite line, I mean this is when I knew this movie, in my opinion, was not going to be good, is when, <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, 1996 Los Angeles, so Wesley Snipes and a bunch of his like gang of criminals has like taken control of, of like some part of L.A. Uh, that like no one's allowed to go into, right? And like that's why he kidnaps this bus, because the bus driver didn't listen. So um, John Sargent has to be flown in via chopper, and he bungees out of the chopper. And as he bungees out of the chopper, as he's flying through the air, he screams, Phoenix! Like, <laughs> like great. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a movie that has terrible one-liners. And it had so many of them. Yes. So and I loved it. 
I love that. That's like my favorite. That's one of my favorite aspects <laughs> of the movie. Uh, you know, send a maniac to catch one. Like everything, like everything he says in the beginning of the movie and throughout the movie is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it, but and so I liked that, and I liked. I struggle a little with the social commentary of this movie because at times, mostly when Dennis Leary is on screen, it sounds like like a Republican podcaster being like, this is the future liberals want. <laughs> he was, this is where Ben Shapiro got all his ideas. Yes, Dennis Leary has a little bit of Ben Shapiro energy. And that made me go like, it was it icky that I kind of like this movie. But, and, and they call this out actually, one of the, the writers of the movie or who's the director calls out that, that the movie is like intentionally sort of middle of the road. Yes. The guy who, the guy so who it is, not, it. it is not meant to be a commentary on like political correctness is terrible. It is meant to be a commentary on like, no, you kind of need a middle path. Right. It doesn't really make that case very well. It just has Sylvester Stallone say that at the end. Right. His, right. Uh, he says his intention was to have fun and he wasn't trying to be political or deeply examine political correctness, but that is like the entire subtext of the movie. Uh, or it's it's, no, it's it's not just political correctness. It's almost like the remember when when Bloomberg was was the mayor and was everyone like, was calling him like uh, like what were they calling? It? it was like Mommy Mike or something. Like what were they calling Mayor Bloomberg? <laughs> I forget exactly what it yeah. was. Like all of those rules, like uh, you can't smoke indoors, you can't buy soda, you can't like everything that's fun is illegal. Like that's right. kind of more the vibe, right? Dennis Leary's rant was was very much like like an anti mask. <laughs> Ran, where he's like, I want to eat a burger and smoke a cigarette afterwards. Who's going to stop me? Right. But like, here's an example of this movie being really funny. When when Sylvester Stallone is eating the burger and she's like, you don't want to know what that burger's made of. And then he takes another bite and he's like, she's like, there are no cows around here. And he takes another bite. And then she's like, what's in this burger? And she says something like, da, 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 rata. And he's yeah. like, it's a rat burger? And, he t- and like, he yeah. takes another bite. And it's, it's really funny. Like, that's a good joke and he delivers it really well some of the lines he delivers well some of his like when he's like in in like um super cop mode i find him like less believable and look like some of the original casting for this movie like they wanted steven seagal to play him at first john claude van damme they wanted as like uh simon phoenix which would have been terrible they both would have been way worse way worse way worse but the point is like that that was kind of like the available action hero at the time like none of these people were actually capable actors and so i'll give steven uh uh what's his name sylvester, sylvester stallone uh <laughs> credit for some of the the comedic lines he delivered all of all of sandra bullock missing missing messing up lines yeah. he really licked his ass yeah uh we gotta go blow this guy <laughs> And what does she say at the end? She has another one at the end that's funny. Well, she's like, uh, you can shove it. And he's like, but close you can enough. shovel it. You can take this job and shovel it. Oh, is that what she said? Okay. I thought yeah. she said shove it. Um, yeah. One thing that surprised me uh, when she was like, where he's like, where did you learn those moves? And she's like, Jackie Chan. So, okay, two things about Jackie Chan. Number, There's a lot of movie references. Number one, uh, apparently, Sylvester Stallone wanted Jackie Chan to play. Uh, Simon Phoenix. I don't know if you saw that. Right. And Jackie Chan didn't want to play a villain. Um, but number two, I thought like the Jackie Chan movies of our youth started like post 93. I had them more around like 95. Like Rumble in the Bronx was like the first one that I remember. Um, so I was surprised by the Jackie Chan reference. I was like, are they? I mean, he was big outside of the US right. already. He was a huge Hong Kong star. Rumble in the Bronx is 1995. And I think that was his breakout. Um, yeah, it was, 
uh, it brought Shannon to the North American mainstream. So I was surprised that there was a Jackie Chan reference in a 1993 film. Um, That's a good point. Though I think he must have been somewhat known because like Police Story is 85 and there's just a ton of movies between then and, and 1993. Like, um, Yeah, look, there were funny parts and conceptually I think it was interesting. Executionally, I was just not having it here's the here's the weirdest part of the execution and i'm hoping you didn't read this part in your research because otherwise this is a boring question there is a thread in this movie when sylvester stone wakes up he said i have a wife and they're like oh your wife died in the big one and he's like i had a daughter and they're like oh we could look her up and he's like i don't want to know yeah and then they never resolve who the daughter is now did you look this up i did Okay, because I spent most of the movie thinking it's going to turn out that Sandra Bullock was his daughter. So did all of the test audiences. <laughs> and they have virtual sex in this movie. And then also at the end of the movie, it's heavily implied that they're about to go have real sex. So yeah. I was wrong. They don't do the sex early, but they, they might do the sex after the movie. So this is a Super Mario type of thing. So here's what happens. Okay, they... Uh, so they they shop the script around to a bunch of different people to punch up. So like again, this kind of mm-hmm. follows that same pattern. And one of the people suggested that it should actually take place in a much further future. And the yep. director or the studio was like, "We don't want to do that because there's a whole subplot of his daughter that they ended up cutting from the movie, but kept him talking. They said they didn't want it to be too far into the future because then his daughter mm-hmm. wouldn't still be alive. And his daughter was supposed to be in the underground yes. area with Dennis Lee. Yeah. And and it was cut. And so test audiences assumed that the twist would be, like you, that the twist would be that Sandra Bullock yes. was his daughter. And they were very, like, I think the exact IMDb quote is, um, uh, where is it? Oh, here. This led to some confusion at test screenings where audiences thought Sandra Bullock was the daughter and reacted negatively to the scene where they were about to have sex. So, like. I mean, good reaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> appropriate reaction (laughs) yeah uh in the sequence where they have the virtual sex and she puts his helmet on yeah it's pretty graphic that she also hands him a little towel (laughs) (laughs) like i noted that i'm just like oh that that's like gross (laughs) i wrote a note here that i wanted to ask you about Mm -hmm. so i mentioned the thing about Sylvester Stallone is trained in um, like knitting, knitting. Yeah. because that's the like rehabilitation, the, like, gentle aptitude that he's like fit for. Yeah. Do they call what that out? Yours? Do they? Yeah. They do? They do. Okay. They explain I, that. I might have missed so that. then the question is, um, if you were in cryo prison, what gentle aptitude would they put for you? I mean, is it wrong answers only because clearly it didn't work on him? Or are you asking like seriously, what would my <laughs> gentle aptitude be? Well, it did work on him. He became really good at knitting. Yeah, but okay. So before I answer your question, <laughs> the entire cryo prison was like a giant failure, right? They were frozen for 30 years. So I know that there was counter-programming happening with with, with uh, Simon Phoenix. Sylvester Stallone, you, 36 years, I think it was, right? He's mm-hmm. the same exact person who now can also knit. Like, that's not good at rehab. I don't know if that's a complete failure. He can knit. That's true. He did give Sandra Bullock he a, a... He makes a whole sweater in one night. Yeah. that's And it's like a cable knit sweater. It looks tight. Um, yeah. I mean, 
the cryoprism thing made so little sense. And then the, all 80 of the bad guys that Sylvester Stallone was going to unfreeze were, were not getting reprogrammed. They say that. Like, why? Yeah, because I think they need to establish, like, uh, they just haven't gotten their reprogramming yet or something to, like, make, make it make sense bad. that it's scary that they're going to be unfrozen. Right. The movie doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't need it to make a lot but of sense. But that would have been the much... The beginning of this movie, Wesley Snipes lights a cigarette with a blowtorch. And he says, Simon says before everything he says, and it's incredible. Like, I don't I don't need anything else. Wouldn't that have been a much better twist if he unfreezes all of his old friends and they're all... And they're all like, we made you a sweater. Yeah. Like, did you ever see... Uh, have you watched Tangled yet with your daughter? Or have you uh, seen that, Tangled at all? I have seen Tangled. So at the end of the movie, when like all of the uh, bad guys from the Ugly Duckling like become like gentle people, like that would have... Like if he like unfreezes all of his guys and they're all like tap dancers and stuff like that and he's like ah oh. like that would have been a good twist but instead they were like actually the whole cryo prison thing didn't work and now they're all here again <sighs> look all i'm saying is you could see why this director uh actually he did make um excess baggage which i saw also with alicia silverstone have you read about him at all he's a super weird and interesting guy like yeah, he did a lot of commercials we thought music videos i know but now he does like these like very um like high end uh like art installations like he's like oh, I didn't totally know rejected the notion of being like a commercial director and he makes these like video art installations with like tilda swinton and stuff it's very uh strange and i, I i'm trying to figure out like how much of it was hollywood rejecting him and then him pivoting to this and how much he's like a true artiste and decided that he didn't want to make demolition man type movies anymore I can't get over that you didn't like this movie. I I love this movie. I just I thought I thought it suffered from like a Mario type of thing where like again what you what you a little bit warned about were like I thought it was kind of boring. Like speed, we did Mario I speed demolition. I never thought man. it was boring. Oh, I thought it was, I again I think what worked was some of the humor stuff. I think the plot was a mess, and I think the action was a mess. And so like the humor was the only actually you I think initially you said like what well, would take it from an eight to a nine or would take it down as like the humor didn't work. The humor is kind of like the only thing that worked for me and the rest didn't. And so I found the parts where like, it wasn't, they weren't doing bits um, bad and not interesting. And so I was kind of bored with the movie. I agree with you that the, the main like driving of the action and the plot is not, I, I disagree a little bit in that. I think the plot is better than the one in Mario because I do think it is more followable I don't think it is a good version of this story, right. like where the bad guy turns out to be the leader and he's secretly trying to, you know, he's trying to like puppet master the whole thing. Like this is not a good version of that, yeah. but it's at least clear. Right. So I think, I think if, if like, you're going to be like, well, we're having a twist and it's like the guy you think is the good guy is actually the bad guy. Like if the twist doesn't work because you never realized that that's what happened, that's way worse than the twist doesn't really work because you kind of realize it's coming the whole time because at least you can follow what's happening. Right. Right. And like, it's, it's always obvious what's happening in this movie. Right. Which it, it sounds like really faint praise. Right. But it, it isn't. And I think the movie is funny enough that it makes up for it. And I think Wesley Snipes is incredible. <laughs> I really enjoyed Wesley Snipes. So yeah, I did say he was, he was, I, I thought he played big and he certainly played big. He was good. He he was good. Uh, you were really right about almost everything you called out to the point where I was like, "Aha! The 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 foam was white, not pink." So 
I wrote that in my notes as well. <laughs> I think the pink right. phone is from Speed Racer. Okay. Uh, there's a line in the movie where Sandra Bullock is talking about, and I don't remember what Sylvester Stallone did, but she says, this is how insecure heterosexual males used to bond. Oh, that's when she, he's like making fun of his old, yeah. or they're like cursing. Yeah. And I'm like, you could finish that sentence by saying, this is how insecure heterosexual males used to bond by hosting a podcast together. <laughs> That was the only line of the movie where my wife laughed out loud. And I was like, oh. It's funny. They have us uh, pegged. The, the thing, like, to your point on execution, like, the seashells thing is in the movie. And obviously the the, the tickets to wipe his butt thing is in the movie. Yeah. But the structure of that joke doesn't make a ton of sense. No. Again, because you did a better version of it. out of the bathroom. Talks with an unwiped butt. Exactly. And that's what I was trying to figure out. Is Did he come out of there? having pooped and has a dirty like stinky butt <laughs> and he's wearing all of his clothes again and he's like there's no toilet paper or did he see that there was no toilet paper in advance oh. and then decide not to poop it must be the latter but the structure of the joke is weird you'd rather see him sitting on the toilet yeah and then like and it's not like this movie is so reverential to Sylvester Stallone like he makes a lot of incredible faces in the virtual sex sequence <laughs> and you see his like naked butt when he's cryo frozen. You see, you see some underball. You see yeah. underball. I, I literally, there's just a line in my notes that just says underball, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation, seven exclamation marks. I also uh, turned to my wife. I'm like, I think you just saw his junk. Um, one of the, one of the interesting notes I saw about this movie is we both mentioned that um, his, Wesley Snipes, his hair looked like Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And it is in fact the reverse. Dennis Rodman patterned his hair off of this movie. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, he so liked the way Wesley Snipes looked in this movie that that he changed his hair. Uh, where did I see this? Yeah, Legacy. Inspired by the film, Dennis Rodman had his hair dyed and styled the same way the character of Simon Phoenix played Snipes. It's played by Snipes uh, for his San Antonio Spurs debut, which was start of Rodman dyeing his hair in different colors. Huh. That is a great legacy. This, this sort of finishes in a funny way where it says, Snipes hated this hairdo and shaved it off as soon as filming <laughs> Um, I would give the movie an, an extra point just for the fact that, that it, it did that. Um, I was wrong about Sandra Bullock. I thought that she was also a nerdy by the book cop. And it turns out that she was actually like very, she wanted to be much more gung ho yeah. and was like obsessed with nineties culture. I liked and her though, character. She's obsessed, she's obsessed with the 20th century, not nineties. Right. I liked her character. I just thought that she, um, I, I thought her acting I would say sometimes she did it well. Like it was very hit and miss. I think like she she kind of had swings and roundabouts. And sometimes I think she nailed it. And sometimes I think she got it all wrong. I think she was being asked to do something very difficult, which is like act very stilted and awkward. And it's like, it's very hard to tell if you're acting very stilted and awkward or if you're bad at acting. Right. Um, and I, I can see your point. Maybe she's not always nailing it. I think she mostly nails it and is very funny in this movie. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I had a question. Do you think when Sylvester, when they're chasing uh, Simon Phoenix at the end of the movie and they take that like red Mustang out of like the, the bottom world uh, and they're driving it and then Sylvester Stallone's like, take the wheel. And then he like climbs on top of the car. And then Sandra Bullock um, does a lot of uh, slick driving in that Mustang. Do you think that's when Yon DeBont's like, she's going to drive the bus in speed? <laughs> she's going to be Yon DeBus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then later she'll be yonder boat. <laughs> uh, cool. 
uh, other things. Uh, one thing I thought to, to your to your Super Mario point, the whole plot line with Ben Bratt, Benjamin Bratt, does he go by Ben? Benny B. Ben Platt. Uh, ben Platt, correct. When when he like becomes one of uh, Edgar Friendly's people, yeah, that seems to entirely happen off screen. Yeah, and I do think there's probably a version of this script where that happens on screen. Uh, I do think that, like, I think you're right. This movie does suffer a little bit from having a, a bunch of writers and studio notes because I think it even like I I saw in the in the in the script for this movie like or in the production for this movie it was like a spec script and it the original version of it didn't sell and then he added in like the cryo the cryogenically. Uh, but no, the original version had the cryo stuff. The original didn't version have any has human. that. All oh, right, it's it, he didn't he added it in the second version that they're a super cop and a super crew. Right, right. And I feel like the studio was like, "Cool, there must also be a car chase." Right, and the car must be like an American muscle car, right? Because like it doesn't really make a ton of sense that that car gets into the car chase, right? Or that it would and have probably. And they're like, movies like this have boobs in them, and Sandra Bullock's like, "Oh, I don't want to show my boobs in this movie." And so after the sex scene when Sylvester Stallone goes back to his room, he gets a wrong number call yeah. from a naked woman who's just like, Oh, sorry, wrong number. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's ticking, it's ticking the, the boxes. I think there's a lot of like clear, like check marks. We need boobs. We need a car race. We need this. We need Dennis Leary doing his comedy rant for his. Yeah. Which know, is whatever. apparently he got to ad lib most of his lines also. Um, yep. So Yeah. He's going to read his truth social post in this movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's get into some some odds and ends about the movie and the production because I found some of that stuff uh, more compelling than the, the movie itself. Uh, I just want to point out one thing. Also, halfway through the movie, I have this note here that just says, oh, his first name is Simon. That's why he keeps saying Simon says. <laughs> Did that not really occur to you in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was just saying Simon says is a weird bit. I didn't remember that his first name was Simon. This is exactly why I gave it a four and you gave it an eight. I was sitting here being like, this movie is so dumb and the plot is so obvious and is not well fleshed out. And you're like, oh, his name is Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I do. I do actually think the world building of the movie is pretty good. You do. Oh, I, like for this. I like that that none of the cops touch. Like I like that the movie really goes out of its way to show that people in this future don't touch. They like yeah. high five, but they stop their hands in front and they do like a wiping motion. Yeah, right. And like, I think it's considered some of that stuff throughout. is fun. Some of that stuff is fun. I just I think the the bigger issue is like, and they listen to I, commercial jingles. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so yes, you're with me. You're giving pieces. it an eight now. Elements of the movie. Um, oh, I did also have one note, which is that. Um, so the bad guy, uh, I forgot his name. Like the guy who like constructed the uh, cocktail worlds. Cocktail, sure. Um, he has like a butler, and I'm like, it's Otho. Oh, I don't know. He looked like the guy from um, Modern Family to me. Yeah, no, it's it's the guy from. He's also he's Otho in Beetlejuice. Oh, there you go. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't pick up on that. I thought he was the uh, previous incarnation of uh, the guy from Modern Family. Um, oh, 
speaking of uh, actors and, and calling out in timelines and stuff, so Rob Schneider, he does have not a not a. It's not like he only had that one line about the cops. Like he's kind of funny in this movie. And the thing I realized, which confuses me, why he's uncredited, is as we're ramping up to watch uh, Home Alone one and two this weekend. He was in Home Alone two. And he was great in Home Alone too, and he plays a very similar character in this movie. So you would think that like he actually would be more prominently built, not like above Sylvester Stallone, but the fact that he's uncredited I find <laughs> confusing because he did this character really well in Home Alone two, which was the year before. It's true, and in Home Alone two, he is the Bellman. That is his character's name. So I guess right. So I guess he's still like a, a working. He's like a bits guy where he's, he doesn't get to have names of characters or he's not credited yet, but he does it well. I do wonder what this, like how a character can speak and also be uncredited. Like I, I, I this one, I, I actually don't know the rules. Well, we're not going to turn this into a SAG podcast. We did already talk about the underball. So <laughs> that's true. Okay. Speaking of a SAG, SAG pod, oh, I. I get it. That's like your Simon Phoenix <laughs> realization. <laughs> Good joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Sylvester Stallone apparently did like sue the movie in like the 2017 for like not, they weren't like paying him as royalties or whatever. And that settled in 2019. Mm-hmm. I digress. All right. Some interesting things about this movie. So we talked about the guy. Uh, so the guy waters, I, I, I should just open up Wikipedia because I already cut some of this stuff out. But um the, so basically, the, the initial guy who wrote the script, it wasn't like a great version of the script. So they hired this guy who wrote um, Heathers, and they were like, write the script. So he rewrote the script. He made it humorous. Made it great. Um, <laughs> he, so he's the one who said his intention was to, in, to be fun and not be about political correctness, even though that's kind of like the entire subtext of the movie. Um, the three seashells concept originated when Waters was trying to come up with ideas for a futuristic restroom and called writer Larry Karaszewski for suggestions, and he happened to be using the restroom when he answered the call. He looked around his bathroom and said he had a bag of seashells on the toilet as decorations, so Waters decided to use that. Uh, so that's where the seashells come from. It's a good bit. I love the seashells. And that's like that's like the legacy of this movie is the three seashells. Yeah. Um, that's fair. That is a good bit. Although to me, this next bit is the legacy of the movie. Waters wrote some of the script on index cards while waiting in line for Johnny Carson tickets. He said it was some of the fastest work he'd ever written and that he'd only worked on it for two and a half weeks. When I read that, I'm like, yup. It's just incredible that he was able to do this in two and a half weeks. <laughs> and then my last note about Waters, cause I just thought this is really funny. <laughs> So, like, he didn't really go on to, like, a ton of success since since this movie. In 1995, he authored the first draft of the Catwoman solo movie. The story about Selena moving to a Vegas-like city called Oasisburg and fighting parodies of male superheroes failed to resonate with Tim Burton or anyone at <laughs> Warner. So, like... Sounds good. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh so this is uh, yeah so clearly like this was an ideas guy and his ideas weren't always weren't always great um so the guy who suggested that it be set further in the future so again like he he keeps talking about like his daughter and then like we never meet his daughter like that is such an unfulfilled payoff i i I do think so there's a part of me that that gets it like 
the movie does not have room for Sylvester Stallone to have like a tearful reunion with his daughter in the tunnels with Dennis Leary. Like it, it's just not that movie. Uh, and it's right. okay for them to be like, he, I, I kind of like when he's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm not going to find out. I agree that it's weird that they don't close off on the possibility slash likelihood that it is Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Um, and probably Sylvester yeah. Stallone's like, no one will believe Sandra Bullock could be my daughter. You're <laughs> clearly not the same age. Though he looks extremely hot in this movie. I think that that's an important thing to note. He's he's pretty ripped. Um, he's clearly on the uh, Chris Pratt Kumail diet. My last note is um, on May 4th, 2020. So two months into the pandemic. When we were all holding pots and pans out our window, banging them, Sylvester Stallone thought that his service to the world would be to do a Q&A on Instagram Live. And he took questions, and one of them was, is there going to be a Demolition Man sequel? And he thought that what everyone really needed to be uplifted while we all thought we were going to die is that, yes, it is in the works, and uh, it's going to be made. Uh, It's still in development, so... Uh, fingers crossed. Nice. Did you sing Imagine as well? Uh, <laughs> um, you didn't answer my question. And if you don't want to answer it. Oh, yeah. My secret. Out. Yeah. What would you be? Would you be a seamstress? Um, what would my secret? What is your latent gentle talent? I think I would be a Westminster uh, dog show trainer. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I have not. You have to have thought about this. No, if you thought about this question, you have to think about your answer. <laughs> Why would you come up with such a specific question and not consider what your own <laughs> answer would be? You act like I've done this before. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you're, <laughs> your power would be to be a better podcaster. <laughs> That would be my cry. Yes, that's it. That, that would be my cryo training. I would become a. You'd be frozen for thirty six years to be marginally better at closing threads on podcasts. Closing threads, connecting uh, it back to being a seamstress. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, a four for me, an eight for Sticking you. Sticking with an eight, probably. I, the thing that I think we we haven't done is um, when we are clearly so far apart on on scores, we haven't uh really butted heads on it right i think we kind of like talk our way back to a middle ground so like one time we're gonna have to have like a real like smackdown drag out about vehemently believing that what? we're I, right i and, think the difference yeah. is like in this case like we both say the same words and then you go four and i go eight we're like wesley's life is a maniac in this movie and you're like four and i'm like eight <laughs> like, <laughs> It's, we don't even disagree about the fundamentals of the movie. We just have different opinions about what those things mean. <laughs> That's true. And that goes back to your point in the first half where you're like, the numbers are completely arbitrary. But the point is, I didn't enjoy this movie very much, and you did. But I enjoyed discussing it. Um, okay, so you try. what movie are we going to cover? Is that, is that wrap us up? Yeah, I think that wraps us up. And it's my pick now, mm-hmm. right? Because I, uh, you chose this one. So let me think. Who are the characters in this movie? Sandra Bullock. We have Sylvester Stallone. We have Demolition Man. What's that? What's that music? Oh, 
I'm taking over. It's my turn now. Look at this. A special guest has arrived on the scene. Uh, Guest, introduce yourself. I am Megan. I am married to Daniel. I also give that an eight. (laughs) An eight? I mean, a (laughs) 10. A 10. (laughs) You know know that friend, like, when you guys, when, when you go out and you have a guy's night, you know that friend who starts dating someone in the beginning of the relationship they want to introduce that they bring their partner into the guys night and you're like this is ruining the whole vibe i just wanted to be freaky and be myself and then all of a sudden this guy is like bringing mm-hmm. his girlfriend into it are you here to ruin the whole vibe i hope not but i was thinking <laughs> like <laughs> you're the yoko of this podcast yeah i'm the yoko it's really nice of you to let me join um and hopefully i'm not and pick the movie. it what movie are we covering and pick the movie we are covering rocky four. Oh, that explains the music <laughs> uh. i am here to make the case that rocky four is not only better than the original oscar-winning rocky movie but one of the best movies of all time Ooh. Where does it rank as compared to Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Because that's our <laughs> that's standard, the new scale. whether it's better or worse than Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Way better. This movie deserves more respect than it has. Okay. okay. It's going to be an interesting thing to hear about next week. First off, before we get into it, can you move over a little bit? There's a Hold hole on. in we're between my... about the end just barge into the episode. Look, there's a pole in between my legs and I have no leg room. Would you give that a four? <laughs> you would give it an eight. You'd be like, very comfortable pole. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, we will be back next week. To talk about Rocky Four. Rocky Four.